Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast, Mama. I'm so excited that you're here. I wanted to pop in and do a little introduction to today's episode um, because it's going to be a little different. This is actually the audio recording of an Instagram live that I did uh, just here on Monday, (laughs) this past Monday. I was lucky enough to get to interview Leah from the Baby Led Weaning Meals app, um, which I've partnered with this month of May to create their entire month meal plan inside their app, which is really cool. I talk a little bit more about it in the live um, and on my Instagram. I have highlights uh, called Baby Led Weaning or BLW if you want to learn more about that. But this conversation was really valuable. We talked specifically about the signs of readiness for solids, which I know we've touched here on the podcast before, Um, but we also talk about why age isn't necessarily the most important thing to consider when starting solids, how to kind of have a conversation with your doctor around when to start solids, how to make a plan with them. Then we go into some tricky foods like corn, chicken, grapes, hard fruits and vegetables, and leafy greens, and how to serve those to your baby in a safe way specifically. Um, And then we also talk a little bit about how to encourage self-feeding for baby. If you notice your baby isn't feeding themselves, they're just staring at the food, looking at you like, what do you want me to do right now? And these tips really are for Uh, babies, but in my experience, they're also really excellent for all aged kids. So if you want to tune in, today's episode is a replay of that Instagram live. Um, And I think it was just so valuable. So I wanted to share it here with you as well. Um, There is one or two parts where Leah gives some visuals um, and we kind of talk through it enough that I think you'll understand it just listening to it. But if you want to hop onto my Instagram and watch it there, you can um, and kind of just skip forward to where you want to watch the little visualizations of how she uh, shows you the corn and whatnot. So anyways, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and pop in that episode here for you so you can tune in and learn more. And if you have any questions or you're interested in getting the app, which is just $1.99 for your first month, the link will all be down in the description box below for you. And like I said, I created all of May's monthly meal plans. It's divided up by age, depending on how many meals or snacks we recommend giving them. There's over 200 recipes in there and specific visual step-by-step guides on how to modify foods in a safe way for your baby. It's just an incredible app. I was so grateful to be included in creating those meal plans and being a part of it. And I'm happy to share it with you guys because it truly is a resource I wish I had when I started solids, even being a registered dietitian, just to kind of take that nervous edge off. I'm sure you know what I mean. So anyways, without further ado, here is the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Good morning, you guys. I'm so excited to come on here and chat with you. I'm actually going to have Leah from um, Baby Led Weaning Meals um, come on and join me. The app that I've been talking to you guys a little bit about, she's going to come on and join me and we're going to talk a little bit, hello, hello, about Baby Led Weaning. And um, we're going to cover signs of readiness, um, ages, hello, hello, ages versus stages, that debate. We're going to talk a little bit about some tricky foods and how to modify them. Join me here. Hi, 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 you guys. What's up? Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? 
morning. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Got my coffee this morning. I'm all set, ready to go. Happy Monday. Um, I was just telling them how excited I was to have you on. I know uh, my community have been talking a lot about your app because I absolutely love it. And I was excited to invite you on again. I know if you guys missed it, we did go live last week. We talked about some other things around baby led weaning, gave you some tips and tricks there. And we wanted to come on today. I wanted to start actually, if you wouldn't mind sharing just in case they don't know who you are or you know, they're not following you. Can you introduce yourself over here so people know who you are and how they can find you? Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I am a dietitian um, and the Baby Led Weaning Meals app. And then I also have the Kids Nutritionist account. Um, so I found just a huge need for families to really have something fairly accessible, like on their phones when they're in the kitchen. And for example, if maybe grandparents or other family members are taking care of baby. They're like, how do I cut this food? How do I do this? How do I operate safely? So um, help develop the app so that we can really share that resource for a lot of different families. I love it. I love it so much. And like I said last time, you guys are probably sick of hearing me say it, but literally I wish I had it with my son. I mean, I'm literally... I just remember feeling so overwhelmed and each food is so uniquely different and you're scared and you're like, well, I don't want to just feed him bananas and sweet potatoes all the time, which were yeah. the foods that made me feel super safe. I want yeah. to feed other foods like what I'm eating. And it's so nice to have that complete list of how to modify different foods. So um, I guess I wanted to start off talking a little bit about, because I get this question all the time, I'm sure you do too, the age that we recommend starting baby led weaning and been, uh, maybe you won't agree with me, but I always say more important than age, the milestones that they're hitting. Yes, do you say I, that too? I agree. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. So what age do you typically recommend if you had to give a number? And then what more importantly do we look for usually when we see signs of readiness? Uh, so great questions. The American Academy of Pediatrics, World Health Organization, they really do recommend um, looking at the signs of readiness but also in accordance with age, they do recommend six months. Now, I'm gonna be honest, if two days before baby six months, is that gonna be a huge difference? No, um, that's why I also agree with Alyssa in saying the signs of readiness are really, really important. Same with premature babies, so just because months, but maybe they were four or five, six weeks premature, we actually want to look at corrected gestational age as well, and then also signs of readiness. So um, that's why I also agree with Alyssa. Signs of readiness are really huge. We want to get that full picture of baby being ready developmentally. Yeah, yeah. And I always look for, are they able to bring things to their mouth? The biggest one is that core support, right? Being able to sit up on their own. And really, you guys, when we're thinking about, I know a lot of parents can be really hesitant on baby led weaning, which, by the way, the research does show as long as we're modifying foods correctly for pureed or baby led weaning, the choking rate is the same which I know blows our minds, but truly that's true. So what the biggest thing there is, is their core support, being able to sit up on their own and sit up straight. So we have a straight line. I know you had Holly on from Safe Beginnings. Avoiding choking, one of the best things we can do for them is have them have the right posture and be able to sit up straight. Cause that's when we're slouching in our chair, when we're moving to the side, our neck is down or back. That's where food ends up getting lodged. So that can actually be one of the biggest signs of readiness, in my opinion, for safety reasons. And also, right, they're interested in the food. Maybe they're reaching for mom's food. Like I told in our first live, the story of my son, he was like so offended that I wasn't feeding him <laughs> when he was ready to eat. Um, so we're looking for things like that. 
tongue movement, being able to hold their head up straight. Am I missing anything on that list? I didn't write it down. I think, I think that's pretty much it. The, the biggest ones that I would say are that core support and then also that, um, that interest. But when I, when I say interest in food, I, I like to get more specific because sometimes some parents are like, oh, they looked at my food, they're interested. Yeah. Baby is like leaning forward, like leaning in to eat. Like imagine if you have pets, you know, you have your animals there and they're like, like watching you. Like they're, <laughs> and if maybe you're holding them and you're eating something, they're reaching for it. They're like, no, no, this is mine as well. And yeah. then, um, you know, when they're playing with things developmentally, if they have any kind of toys, are they reaching for them and chewing on them? Are they bringing it to the mouth, like showing that chewing motion? That can be a really big developmental sign that they're like ready for food. Absolutely. And if they're, if they're not hitting some of those milestones right around six months, talk with the pediatrician, make a plan. We definitely don't want to go too long waiting to introduce solids too. Um, we do want to kind of hit that window right around that six months of age. And I do just want to put a quick disclaimer in here to talk with your pediatrician. If you have any immediate family history of food allergies, your pediatrician might have a different plan for you. So be open with them, talk with them. But I would recommend questioning your doctor a little bit if you just hear them say, oh, they're four months, go ahead and start putting, you know, baby formula in the bottle or, uh, sorry, um, I always say baby formula. I meant baby uh, cereal in the formula, in their formula or in their bottle. Um, or if they start to say, oh yeah, you can go ahead and get started around four months, really push back and ask them why they're saying that. Is there a reason behind it? Because sometimes there is. Um, if not, just just remember pediatricians, like any doctor, like any professional, we can't be experts in everything and it's hard for them to stay up on the current research. So it's not that they're wrong or bad or horrible, but it's good to have that conversation and make sure we know the why behind why they're telling you to start maybe at four months or five months um, and really hold off till that six month mark. So that's a great, great uh, little tips there about the signs of readiness. And it's so exciting to start solids. I talked about this before. It's like one of my favorite <laughs> ages with my own babies and watching other kids it's just a whole new world opening up for them and like we talked about it can be scary for parents that even though the research shows us that same um, choking risk for baby lid weaning versus purees it can feel really scary and we're just kind of kind of conditioned to this like purees conventional feeding spoon feeding your baby and baby lid weaning can be overwhelming which is why the app is so helpful to take our nerves down and we can actually look at how to modify foods so i wanted to talk a little bit about some trickier foods we've kind of come up with a few that we get questions a lot about how to serve our baby these foods that parents can find really tricky or kind of scary even and how to modify them so i know you wanted to talk about chicken and corn can you talk through some tips of how to serve those to a baby in a safe way Absolutely. So I, I have some here for you. So um, I have coffee. I brought coffee. She brought props. Enjoy your coffee. Enjoy your coffee. Take a break. <laughs> um, so I have some here for you. And what I wanted to note is, I don't know how, sometimes I grill corn. Personally, boiling is, is the common method that, that I consume corn. You can grill. I love grilled corn in the summer, but I find... Um, Boiling is fairly common and easy to do throughout the year. So a lot of parents are really concerned because if you look here, you have these kind of kernels at the end. And I want to say too, these kernels themselves, when they're whole like this, I'm going to bring this up. There we go. Um, these are considered more of a choking hazard. Now, you will see on some baby led weaning accounts and some apps and also our app as well, we recommend serving it on the corn and you're like, what? Like, like what? But this is a, this is a choking hazard. So, um, one of the tips 
that I definitely recommend to help reduce the risk of choking is to just be educated on really the real, like what realistically baby is going to do when they get this. And then also to modify this just in a small way so that you can reduce the risk. Now, realistically, when baby's holding this, this might be a little bit big, but you can always, you know, offer like a smaller uh, amount if you want. But um, they're going to hold it and they're going to like gum on the side. And it's really only going to take the top part of the kernel off. It's not going to take the whole part. Um, so they're really only going to get this top part of the kernel. And it, that, it also reduces the risk when they're gumming it and when they're kind of pulling away at the kernel. Now, you may be worried about some of on the end you're thinking okay well then they move it and they get to this side and then what if they start eating it vertically this way so one of the things that I like to do is you have all of these lines here where each of the kernels go so I'm like kind of showing them with my knife what I like to do is I'm going to try to um, demonstrate this here if you can see I like to actually make a cut down the middle of the kernel to reduce that risk oh down the entire corn down on the cob right kernel. on the I don't know if we can see it here. Let's see. If so right in the middle of the kernel. Yeah. Cutting it all the way down the length of the entire cob. Yep. So. Okay. Very small. Oh, where's my? Pull it up. There we go. Okay. So you can see the difference between a cut kernel here. Yeah. That kernel right there. So this yeah. one. And then this one is cut, and it really splits in half. And if baby were to get this little part of the half. This is what they would get. They would get this like tiny, small. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I like to, it, it may take a little bit of time, but I like to just take a knife and quickly go through and mm -hmm. cut down the middle there. And then that way you have um, a reduced risk for corn on the cob. I love that. That's such a great tip. The other one that I wanted to mention too is chicken. Yeah. Um, be served a ton of different ways it is really dependent on the texture of chicken so here I have um, kind of some leftovers <laughs> so I have some leftovers and and one of the things I like to mention is if you're gonna serve it in like a strip shape like this serve it along the grain and what I mean along the grain is that these are kind of more parallel so if you can see like these kind of stringy pieces um, that is kind of like along the grain when we're cutting it across the grain of the uh, meat, then you're kind of, um, you might have that, that more of that chunk effect, where if it were to break off, then you um, would possibly have an increased risk. But you wanna make sure that the chicken is tender and soft enough to where if you can do this easily with your thumb and your forefinger like this and smush it, and see it's already kind of breaking off <laughs> as I'm doing this, then that would be soft enough. However, a lot of families are still like, you know what, this is just a, like, yeah, a little bit. Okay. So I, um, what you can do is you can take your chicken breast that you are normally serving with your family. You can um, process it in a food processor to make it more of like a little bit more of a ground style. Or if your family does purchase ground turkey or ground chicken, you can do that. And then you can shape them into kind of like a... Um, oblong finger-like shape you can also do kind of meatballs I made these this morning um, or you can do kind of a patty style shape and what's nice about this is that it really does break apart pretty easily and you can see it's very soft on the inside so baby's gonna pick it up with both hands most likely if they're six months um, and they're gonna gum it
And especially at the six month mark, you know, they have that palmer grass where they're reaching with their hands. So they're really going to be chewing on this end part of the meat and it's going to be kind of crumbly and break apart, break apart. Now, once you're getting to that pincher grass stage where they're maybe showing around eight, to, you know, eight to nine months, you can start offering kind of smaller pieces of meat that are a little bit more, that are shredded, you know, where you're taking the same meat that you're eating and you're offering it to them and they'll be picking it up that way. So those yeah. are things I find a lot of families are like, how do I do this? Or if they come across it, maybe they're at a barbecue or wherever, and they're like, what do I do? So those are some um, of the ones that I prefer. I love that. And I found too with my son, chicken thighs, um, the darker meat had more, yeah, more elasticity, easier to break apart and, and it has more liquid and more fat. And that really helps it not get so dry. Cause when I think of chicken being a choking hazard, it's because it's dry, right? Like it's overcooked, right? Yeah. So having that thigh meat a little bit fattier, a little bit more juicy, we do it like in the crock pot. So it's nice and moist um, and shredded is like one of my favorite, just pile it up on their, their plate and it's just shredded so easy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I love that. So two of the foods that I get asked about a lot are hard fruits and vegetables like apples. Like what do I, how do I feed my kid apples without doing applesauce? Um, and uh, what's the other one? Oh, leafy greens. Yeah. So uh, what I do for apples, maybe this is my tip for everything, is shred it. Shred it. Uh, so you can steam them. Steaming is great. It softens it up. It brings out a little bit of the sweetness um, and really quite easy to do. I used to, I don't know, I'm like this perfectionist or whatever where I think this is going to take forever and oh my gosh, it's so many more dishes. It is so quick. And there are utensils out there too that you can buy that steam your apples really quickly for your kid and it, you just plug it in and add a little water. Um, but I just did it over a steaming basket and it was so fast. And I would make them in two to three day batches and keep them in the fridge so I had them. And then they were getting increased exposure over the next few days while I had them already cooked. I was only doing the cooking once and it lasted. You know, it was like food prep for a baby, um, which I love, but also shredding it. So shredding an apple, uh, especially where the skin isn't right like the flesh of the apple oh my goodness look at her she's all perfect I love it really it's very soft it's like can't even stay in my right and it's so delicious and it's fun my five-year-old still loves like shredded apple when I give it to our almost two-year-old um when I shred it he's like can I have mine shredded it's so fun so that's a really fun and easy way to serve hard fruits and vegetables is shredding is so fast um and then with leafy greens what I always recommend is cooking them down so raw leafy greens are a choking hazard and we'd want to avoid doing it in that way like a salad like we're not going to offer a six-month-old salad but what we can do is chop it up really small cook it down so that it starts to wilt and get really soft. And then you can mix it with something like cheese or you have an incredible recipe. Um, I think you just shared it publicly, so I'm not spoiling anything, but inside the app as well, those like rice, um, yeah. is it, it's rice, cheese, and leafy greens, right? Like cooked greens. There's a few different recipes, but the, it's literally just one of them is literally rice. Yeah. <laughs> rice and leafy greens. And it, you, you make them into little balls and there's, it's like a sticky rice. And then you can, add in the leafy greens that you cook down super easy yep absolutely so um that is a really great way to get in their greens without you know handing them over like a bowl of lettuce and then uh smoothies too i think we kind of 
tend to skip over those because especially with baby led weaning, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, some people are like, absolutely no puree texture, we're only doing table foods. Well, puree is a texture we need to include for our kids as well in forms like smoothies and yogurts and applesauce, things that even adults eat. So that's a texture they have to get used to too. I actually can't tell you how many moms come to me saying, I did baby led weaning, and now my kid won't eat yogurt because it's <laughs> like oh my gosh isn't that so funny it's just the exact opposite issue and so really we want to think of puree as being one of these textures we want to include our kids in so don't overthink it smoothie yeah. smoothie bowl is one of our favorite ways which just means you add a little bit less liquid and let it be a little thicker um so it's not you know too runny and they get frustrated with a four or a spoon um or through a straw cup once they're able to and i just sorry i saw a question here shredded apples for six months baby yes yeah you might want to avoid the skin for a little while um it depends on the apple and how tough that skin is but yeah shredded and hand shred it i will say some of like the the bagged pre-shredded apples are like more like sticks so yeah. i would stay away from that for a little while but more the like hand shredded at home and it takes two seconds it's so fast I have some right here and like I mean I have the skin and I just have the inside I cut a big part and then you're shredding it like this um I use one of the thicker graters um because even when you use a thick one it still comes off pretty like you know it's pretty fine either way yeah um really quick so what is your take on nuts so nuts whole nuts not until after four Absolutely, huge choking risk. So we want to make sure that we're grinding them, crushing them, um, making them really small. So you can absolutely like just bang it with the back of a fork <laughs> and crush it up. I'm sure you have better tips than that, but that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, it's just easiest for it, or just um, purchase even pre-ground. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like uh, here in Canada, we have a place like called Bulk Barn, and it has like it's a bulk Whole Foods place, and you can just purchase pre-ground walnuts or almonds or whatever it is sometimes that's just that's pretty cool yeah we have a place like that called sprouts and it's really nice because you can see you there's just so many different ways that you can get it so that's awesome all right one more question from here and then i did want to talk a little bit about self-feeding so when to introduce grapes you can start with grapes as young as six months you want to quarter them so really nice and thin little slices um i'm sure you have that on your app as well yeah, so like I said, that Baby Led Weaning Meals app, um, I'll be sure to post it all in my stories as well. It really, it shows you, it, it, there's pictures and there's step-by-step -step instructions based on age and where they're at with their grasp. It's so, so helpful. And um, I actually have a post as well about choking hazards that I'll be sure to put on my stories as well because it talks a lot about specific foods, but it also talks about just in general, what to look for for choking, and then also how to modify those general generalities, which makes it easier for you to learn to identify, oh, this is hard, this is round, this is slippery. These are the qualities this food has. It's not necessarily like grapes or this. It's more so learning the technique that, oh, this food is kind of funky, and it's not specifically listed on Alyssa's Instagram, but I know that she said these types of foods need to be cut this way or whatever is really helpful. And then if you want real real great specifics that app can help you so much so um the next thing that i get questions about uh so often is how to encourage self-feeding they'll say things like my baby's not actually feeding themselves they're just sitting there like i end up feeding them because i want them to eat and now we're stuck in this cycle maybe even for years that i'm feeding them at every single meal because i want them to eat so how do you recommend encouraging self-feeding oh. from six months on this is, this is a tough subject, and I think one of the things that I like to mention is to 
adjust our expectations of what's normal development for baby. Um, babies have liquids for the first six months of their life. That's what they're used to. They're used to in the bottle or breast form. So this is an entirely new skill that they're developing, and they may have to make that connection that these pieces of food will satisfy their hunger. Right now, if they're around that six-month mark, they're thinking bottle of breast, they know that that will satisfy their hunger. But then if we hand them something, you know, chicken, or we hand them something else, they're like, okay, maybe it smells good, maybe I've seen my parents eat that, or I've seen it, but they still, I mean, they're six months old, they've had six months on this, on this earth, so they're still developing that time and that um, sensory experience to understand, okay, this is, if I get this to my mouth, it has a good taste or it has a taste, and then also um, you can, you know, it will start to satisfy my hunger. So the biggest thing is that we actually do want them to be, like, touching the food and interacting with that food. So even if your baby is not really showing, for, you know, definitely, first of all, go back to the signs of readiness that we mentioned. So make sure your baby is showing all those signs of readiness because starting too early may make you and baby frustrated. <laughs> but then the other one, too, is to, you know, have lots of time where they're literally just touching the food and, and understand that that is the first step to eating is mm -hmm. touching interacting with food, even if they're just messing, you know, smearing it around, even if they're just kind of, it barely gets in their mouth. Don't forget that breast milk or formula is the first main source of nutrition for the first year and that the food is complementing that. So we won't automatically meet every single nutrition need the day they start solids and the day they turn six months. It's not, it's not like that. It really is a slow progression where we increase the food and then baby starts slowly weaning from the breast milk or formula. Um, some babies are like ready and they're, you know, I like, I don't love the term like great eaters, but they're like great eaters and they, they, they love eating food. They catch on really quickly. Other babies take a little bit more time and they're just exploring. They're really in that sensory stage where they're like, okay, we're trying to figure this out, but they do figure it out. So that would be one of my tips is just to adjust your expectations and understand it's not going to happen overnight and really buy, you know, the, um, you know, we have some studies that also say too, around even six to eight to 10 weeks after starting solids, you'll start seeing reduced gagging. You'll start seeing some of these improved qualities um, on development that you wouldn't see at that first six month stage. So a lot of parents are like, oh, they're gagging. They, they're not interested. There's the texture thing. And I'm, and then I ask them, you know, how long have you been trying? They're like, a week. I'm like, it's a week. <laughs> we didn't learn mm -hmm. to ride in a week. Maybe some people did. We didn't learn to potty train. Sometimes potty training takes longer. So really understanding that developmentally, it's very appropriate to take multiple days, weeks to learn that this food is going to satisfy the, their, their hunger. Yeah, absolutely. And I always give the tip, the best thing we can do, and we talked about this in our last live as well, because it really is the tip for so many different issues we see with feeding, both babies, toddlers, young kids, even adults, is sit together, even elderly too, sit together and eat, have them watch you. They're mirror neurons, but they're mirroring you. They're learning from watching you. So show them using a fork, show them using a spoon, even be a little exaggerated about it, not like over the top, but really showing them how you're moving it to your mouth. It's so easy. We've been doing this for what, 30 years. So it's easy for us to just like 
of course we're eating. This is how we eat. Babies don't know that, that this is a learned skill. They come out of the womb. They're ready to nurse, right? They're ready to take maybe even from a bottle, but really learning the, the skill of chewing, of moving the food around our mouth, knowing where it is, how to get it to the back of their throat and then swallow it while breathing is a skill that they're learning how to do. So teaching them by showing them, right? Monkey see, monkey do. So sit with them, eat with them particularly if you're able to eat foods that look like theirs so that they can identify it's the same is really yeah. helpful. You might feel kind of silly eating shredded apples for a little bit, but trust me, it really does work. Um, so modeling the behavior. The other thing too is setting them up for success. This is something that I teach in depth inside of Table Talk because it's so important for children to be set up for success, right? All we can do is tee them up perfectly and then they get to make that decision if they're gonna eat, how much they're gonna eat, how they're gonna eat it. Those sorts of decisions become their own. And I love what you said about connecting that decision to pick it up and put it in our mouth to this is gonna satisfy my hunger. And they're gonna learn that through time. So all we can do is really tee them up. So what I recommend is trying to find a small handled uh, utensil that's baby sized, right? Giving them an adult soup spoon is a little overwhelming for them and will likely lead to too big a bites and gagging. Giving them a baby sized spoon, a smaller handle so they can maneuver it like I mean, if you just think in your head, if you had a stick that's 10 feet long and you're trying to poke a target, it's way harder to do with a longer stick than it is a shorter stick, right? You just walk up and poke it. So you're trying to get it in their mouth. It's a small target with a small spoon. So a tiny handle, really maneuverable. Scoop it for them. That's fine. And then place it in front of them with the handle facing towards them kind of at an angle. Think about how you pick up your fork and spoon. It's awkward if it's, you know, okay, this is actually funny. My son is a lefty. And yeah. he has been a lefty. I know they say the research is like, oh, they don't really know until they, they're three. No, he was like, he came out a lefty. Like he was a lefty. So I was trained with him to put his spoon and fork and stuff on the left hand for easy access for him. Now my daughter is a righty. She's very clearly a righty. And I keep giving things to her left hand because I've been trained. Yeah, and she's like, what's going on? <laughs> Just to change it or making it harder for her. So do as I say, not as I do, but really put it in front of their hands. And obviously not every baby comes out one way or the other, but put it in front of their hands at an angle that's easy for them to pick up the way you want them holding the spoon or fork for easy access. If we give it to them and we try to hand it to them with the spoon part towards them, they're just going to grab it. They're like, what are you doing? You know, so really setting them up for success and T-balling them up for them to hit a grand slam is so, so helpful. Setting them up for success. One of my top tips for all age kids <laughs> for any eating experience um, is really helpful. So that is a, is a huge way that you can set them up to self-feed and then also sitting with them. And then from there, I, I loved what you said. They have to take the ball and run with it. They have to learn that, oh, this is what it means when I'm hungry, when I'm full, while I'm eating. This is what it feels like to have too much in my mouth, not enough in my mouth. Yes. They're learning all of that. Absolutely. I love that. And I, I, I want to circle back because I didn't quite mention that sitting and eating with them. And I, it's, it's so funny that you said, I'm so glad you said that because I would have kicked myself if I didn't say this on the slide because I cannot emphasize enough how important that is not only to see, you know, like them eat the foods that your family eats culturally, but also into childhood, into toddlerhood to prevent picky eating. That is one of the biggest tips I can say is to be eating the foods that you want them to eat. And it sounds so simple and you may be thinking, well, I'm doing that, but it's so easy to put baby in a high chair and then suddenly you're, you're cooking dinner and then you have 
your kids and you're running around and you're trying to get like the meal on the table. So you just put the food in front of them. You're like, okay, I'm doing baby led weaning. I'm putting the food in front of them. It's safe. I know that I'm watching them. I, I can see it. But then you're running around and you're doing the dishes and you're finishing up cooking and baby is sitting at the table and is like, well, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do with this? You know, they're, they're thinking, okay, well, this is kind of a toy. So I'm sitting here. I'm just going to play with this. It's just a toy. So um, sitting and eating is, and it doesn't have to be this whole, you know, I think sometimes, um, I don't know if we talked about this where you, you know, I think on the last live where we were like, oh, it has to be this fancy turkey dinner sitting, you know, and eating. It's like, this can be you literally having, you know, you have plum for baby, you have plum for yourself, and you're sitting there and you're just taking 30 seconds to a minute. I've had some clients where I'm like, I know you're busy, but that one to two minutes of you just sitting and watching them over exaggerate your chew. And if you're like, this is awkward, I don't know what to do, like have music, mm -hmm. talk about the flavors of the food, like you don't have to say, oh, it's so healthy. You can just be like, oh, this plum is purple. It's sweet. You know, babies know more than we expect. So if you're really struggling with, with your child getting interested in food, um, make it fun and, and eat foods that you want them to learn to eat eventually. Yeah. And, you know, really, truly humans are built to eat in social environments and as a family and as a tribe and all these things. And it's interesting to watch the research come out specifically in elderly patients with dementia um, yep. or, you know, or widowed or anything that they start to lose weight. And it's once literally the only difference that that researchers have made is eat together and yeah. they eat and they start gaining their weight back and they start, you know, whatever. And I know that maybe that's confusing to a lot of us. You're like, why are you talking about the elderly? But it's so, um, it's so clear in the human condition, the fact that we are social creatures meant to learn from one another, to be in connection, to be in relationship. So it truly is worth your time to let the dishes sit and sit down and eat with them and make it a priority, even for a few minutes. And listen, I'm not perfect at this. Every once in a while, I'm like, hey, just eat your lunch. I need to get this done. Mommy is stressing out. But when they're babies, especially, or if, this is the other thing, too, that I want to talk about more is when we see that our kids are struggling, this is where we bring our attention back to the basics of like, okay, am I sitting with them? Am I eating that food? Maybe mm -hmm. eventually, you know, we can kind of lax the reins a little bit. But if we see things are starting to go down the other path, we're like, okay, I got to pull it back. Like, I need to sit with them. So it's really a flexible lifestyle, right, of parenting. And, and that's parenting. Every day is different. And it's, we do what we can do when we can do it. So different and it's for every family it looks different for everyone it's not going to be if you're you know little one is like like you know depending on if you have those clip-in high chairs whether you have a big fancy high chair whether you're like hey we're at the park <laughs> and I'm sitting on a bench you know it's going to look so different every time so I'll be flexible it's not this like rule that you have to have just you know plate and fork and you sit and you eat in front of them it really is just like whatever works for your family. And then like I said, the basics are the basics for a reason. Absolutely. And I, I just cannot um, really express enough how much baby led weaning has let me be more myself and actually more relaxed around mealtimes than it was actually, I, I thought it was easier just to do um, purees. It really wasn't for our family. Now, maybe that's not your story, but for us, it was so much easier just to let baby led lead 
baby led weaning in and learn how to do it properly so that I felt safe and a family felt a part of um, the family and really a part of the meals. And it was really incredible. So um, I did just want to let you guys know while you're listening that I have partnered with Leah with her baby led weaning meals app. Um, And I'll have all the information in my stories, but I made all of May's monthly meal plan for babies. So there's for six months, seven to eight months, nine to 11 months, and then 12 months up. So each meal plan is different based on how many snacks or meals we recommend. And then there's all these incredible recipes. Do you know how many? It's over like 200, right? It's well, and we say 200 because we're adding new ones constantly. So probably gonna have to update it to 300 soon because I think we're almost to 300. That's incredible, incredible. And of course, you don't have to do all those recipes. Some of them are so simple, like we talked about earlier. It's just rice and cooked greens, and that's it. Um, And some of them are a little bit more fun and complex and and just really incredible. So all those recipes available to you. And then my absolute favorite part is really learning how to modify different foods in a safe way for our babies. So um, I'll have all the information in my bio and or my um, stories as well. And I know on your account as well to check out the app, learn a little bit more and download it. It's $1.99 for your first month. I mean, just an incredible resource at such an affordable price. And um, I'm really excited. So thank you, Leah, so much for coming on and having this conversation. Uh, I think it was really helpful for parents. Those tricky foods, man, are just so helpful to have a visual. And like you said, especially when other people are feeding your kids to have like, hey, this is exactly how you do it. (laughs) It's so helpful. So thank you so much for coming on and chatting about it. Of course. Thank you so much, Alyssa. All right. We'll talk to you later. And bye, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right. Until next time, mamas.